Hi everyone, Mistress Harley here to take you through the kinky and crazy world of BDSM and fetish. Today, my topic is blackmail fetish. Now, even if you haven't heard of blackmail fetish, I'm sure you've probably heard of blackmail. I've talked before about how in BDSM we use the word play to differentiate between the real scary bad thing and between the consensual sexy scenario that people want to play out. So if I said, oh, that guy's really into rape play, that doesn't mean that guy is really into being raped, as in like jumped by a stranger in a bathroom and having non-consensual acts happen to him. He's into being put in situations where he feels like he is being raped. And I know that that's a trigger for some people, but ultimately, as long as it's among consenting adults, then it should be okay. And blackmail is very much the same way. Real blackmail, which is where someone finds out something about you and then uses that information to make you do things that you didn't agree to and you didn't want, that is not only ethically wrong, but it's a crime. In blackmail play, it's actually the consensual exchange of information for the purpose of allowing someone else access and control of your life. So, for example, when someone comes to me and says that they want to do blackmail, I make them send me a picture of themselves or send me a photo of their ID or send me other documents that give me the information I would need to play with this information in order to do the things that we had already discussed. Some people want to be blackmailed into being feminized and sissified, and even as far as gender transition. My suspicion is that those people really want to gender transition or be feminized, but instead of being able to make themselves do it, they need to know that someone else really has the leverage to make them. Now, there are a lot of different ways to commit to a path of action, and I call these commitment mechanisms. Think of it like a machine that forces you to do a path of action, just like a Rube Goldberg machine is a commitment mechanism that takes the ball from one place to another place. So there are a lot of commitment mechanisms you're probably familiar with in your vanilla life. If you pay for a gym membership, that's a commitment mechanism to encourage you to work out. After all, if you don't work out after you've paid for a gym membership, you're really just giving money to the gym for free. And there are a lot of forms of commitment mechanisms. I like to watch certain TV shows, but only on the treadmill. That's my commitment mechanism. So if I really want to find out what the next episode of Doctor Who is, I have to do it on the treadmill. 
And that forces me to do something that I already want to do anyway, which is work out. And you'll notice I use working out a lot as a metaphor when it comes to BDSM because there are so many corollaries. Working out makes you feel good when you're done with it, but maybe you don't enjoy it while you're doing it. Working out hurts, but you're doing it because you want the positive effects that you get from it. Working out is something that people say they're going to do and then don't do and then they don't want to do, but then they say they're going to do and some Sometimes they even hire professionals to force them to do it, which is very much how I see my role in some of my submissives' lives. I even had one sub that told me he was morbidly obese and his goal was to lose weight because he had all these health problems like very high blood pressure and cholesterol, etc., etc., So he entered into a blackmail fetish, blackmail play arrangement with me where he had to go to the gym a minimum of five days a week and send me dated proof pictures to show me that he was actually there and working out. We also worked on how he viewed women at this time. Instead of looking at all these hot gym bunnies as the fetish objects and sex objects that he wanted to, I made him remember that they are actual women and he was not allowed to look at them while he was working out. After almost a year, he lost about 100 pounds. And he told me, and his doctor said also, that I'd probably saved his life by making him do this workout regimen. There was also dietary restrictions included, of course, because you can't just lose weight by exercise alone if you're eating a whole cake every night. He actually wrote some journals about this for me, which you can read in my book available on Amazon called A Year of Male Submission. That's actually the first-person account of what it was like for him while I was making him go through this process of losing weight, desexualizing the women around him, and trying to make him into a slightly better person. But that's a funny story about how something that has a very negative association with it, which is the word blackmail, was actually used to make somebody improve their quality of life and lead to positive life changes. That's probably because it was a consensual arrangement instead of an illegal extortion arrangement. And eventually, when his service to me ended, it ended on good terms, where he was appreciative of what I had done for him. And I felt that he had fulfilled the requests and requirements that I had for him. So that's how an ideal blackmail play situation can work. Of course, I've had plenty of scenarios where the blackmail was to make somebody submit even further or force them into a gay or bisexual experience that they really wanted to have. And it's always this kind of scary thing where a person thinks, I can't do this by myself. I need someone to make me do this. That kind of leads them down the fetish path of blackmail. And of course, blackmail is also heavily represented represented in 
Of course, black male fetish is heavily represented in film and television. I see it all the time where someone is going to make someone do something because they know that they're gay or they know that they're cheating on their wife or whatever. It doesn't matter. What really matters is that this example of a power exchange scenario has been presented to everyone over and over and over again. And now every time I see it, I recognize it. As, oh, blackmail fetish. Next time you're watching a movie where some hot person uses some information to blackmail another person into doing something sexy, you know that the writer might have some blackmail fetish experience. But just like so many kinky things, the word blackmail, as it is understood in the fetish world, is falling victim to the censorship that has started to plague many porn platforms. I've noticed that most platforms seemed to have banned the word blackmail, even in a total fantasy context, like a woman just talking about blackmail. Yeah, I'm going to blackmail you and then you're going to do what I want. Videos like that are being banned from porn sites, and I suspect it's part of the crackdown with Visa MasterCard because Pornhub had some of these problems based around non-consent, and anyone that takes Visa MasterCard, which is all the porn sites, are worried that they will also be shut down for non-compliance if they don't censor certain fetishes. And it's so hard to explain that these mainstream systems don't understand the world of BDSM. Really, people engaging in BDSM blackmail play are the same as people engaging in chastity play. If you lock your dick up and give someone else the key, that's not illegal. But if someone locks your dick up, keeps the key, and you don't consent to that, of course that's a crime. That's sexual assault. But so many of our fantasies circle around these ideas that are taboo, these things that in real practice would be illegal, because that's what we recognize as real power exchange. And the government has made a lot of real power exchange illegal, meaning that there's no way to determine if there's consent when you're so beaten black and blue that you can't tell someone you consented to this, or when there are real life consequences. But ultimately, blackmail play is something that I like to do. But Instead of using the word blackmail, as it is so heavily censored, I've rebranded blackmail play. I call it information control because it's really not blackmail because we're not doing the traditional definition, which is using somebody's private information to extort them in a way they did not consent to. No, it's information control, as in someone is giving up control of their private information for the arrangement and the purpose of being in a power exchange relationship. 
And as always, power exchange relationships should be negotiated. You should talk about limits and fetishes and what's absolutely something you do not want to do before you engage in something like blackmail play or rape play or anything. Really talk about what is consensual for you. And that way your partner will always know that they can kind of go buck wild within the limits that you've discussed. And that's why information control is kind of a more accurate representation of what's happening here. Blackmail is just the word that everyone knows because they see it in movies and then they jerk off to it and think, oh my God, that would be so hot. But really, just like we've had to change other words in pornography, the word blackmail needs to have a full transition to information control to delineate it from illegal or non-consensual activities. Information control is always consensual because one person is providing that information to the other person for these exact purposes. Coming up next, an all-new listener mail, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Now it's time for listener mail. These are the strange voicemails and questions that I get sent on the Anchor FM platform. So if you also want to leave a comment or ask a question, just go to my website, mistressharley.com forward slash sex podcast. And there's a button that says message. And when you click that button, it will prompt you to allow use of your microphone to which you say, yes, Miss. And then you can record a message and send it to me, and maybe I'll feature it on my podcast. So let's hear the first message we have this week. Mistress, how can I be more of a mindless goon for you? That question was from my slave, Joel, who is a particularly dumb bitch. Like, I explain things to him over and over and over, and he's just one of those fat, dumb fucks that does not get it. So how can you be more of a mindless goon for me? Go buy every single one of my clips on techdom.info, or send me all of your money, or watch my videos all day long and do what you naturally were going to do anyway, which is jerk off. I tell guys like this that the best thing they can do is isolate and masturbate, meaning isolate yourself away from women, stop trying to date them, stop trying to have relationships with them. All you inevitably do is disappoint them. Let them go find real men to have relationships with instead of wasting their time. So your time is best spent cloistered away from society Isolate and masturbate. Mistress Harley, I just want to tell you, you probably get this all the time, but I am so in love with you. I love you more than my girlfriend. I think about you more than her. My favorite thing to do is to rent a hotel room. Get high and just goon to your videos. I just love to smoke, get real high on crack, and just stare and 
I love you so much. So that message was from Mark, and I think it is actually really, really common for perverts like Mark to rent a hotel room, do a bunch of drugs, get really high, and then watch porn and goon off to me all night. This is not the first time I've heard that, and I'm sure it won't be the last. There is a certain kind of man who just can't admit that he's not made to be with women. This guy is obviously a porn sexual. He loves a girl on the internet that he jerks off to more than his girlfriend. And that's not the first time I've heard that either. Guys tell me this all the time. And I really think that these guys, they have girlfriends because they are pretending to be a real man. They're trying to fit in. They're trying to meet social expectations. They know if they don't have a girlfriend or even a boyfriend, friend that their mom or their grandma or somebody will have questions. Why don't you have a nice girl at home, Mark? You can't tell your grandma you really like to get high and masturbate all night. So instead, you have a beard. And in the past, when a gay guy had a wife, she was called a beard, meaning she was hiding his feminine gay side by masking it in masculinity. And so many of these guys, just like Joel, just need to isolate and masturbate. Your girlfriend would probably hate you if she happened to hear this message. If she's happening to listen to this podcast, I'm so sorry your boyfriend's a piece of shit. Go find a real man. And really, these guys just should start their own little society of gooners who are pussy-free and just identify as porn sexuals. As I like to say, you're not gay or straight, you're a porn sexual because you masturbate. Meaning it doesn't matter who's on the screen, they're probably jerking it to girls and guys and every hole that's ever been created on this earth. But really, they don't want to be with a woman. I actually wrote the book called Porn Sexual, Porn Dependent Sexuality in the Modern Age. That's also available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc, etc. And this is actually a trend amongst young men. I think the internet has made it so easy to just get the perfect woman right in front of you, showing you her tits, doing all the nasty stuff that you want to see. And it's a lot harder to maintain a real relationship with a real woman that wants you to have dinner with her mom once a month. So guys like this just end up becoming porn sexuals. I've also heard some people call it solo sexual. It's not the same as being asexual, where you lack sexual desire. It's about just wanting to have sexual experiences pretty much alone, isolated. I sometimes tell guys to have a little man cave that I call their goon chamber that's just full of porno and sex toys and is the place that they go to have their me time. Because if we acknowledge that this is a behavior that hundreds and thousands of men are doing all over the world, maybe we can recognize that they have special needs that also need special accommodations, including not having a girlfriend. Now, our last listener mail of the day is from George. Let's hear what he has to say. Mistress Harley, what is the most disappointed a long-term slave has ever made you, and what did you do to them? 
This is such an interesting question because it implies that I would have to actually think that someone was going to follow through with something in order to be disappointed. And considering I find men generally to be disappointing creatures, I don't have high expectations of them, even my long-term slaves. It's more about Will you do this thing I told you I want you to do? And if you don't do it, will you accept the punishment for it? And really, I guess I'm disappointed when they argue with me, even when we have agreements in writing that say, you said you'd do this or I would do that. And then they try to argue with me. No, you shouldn't do that. You couldn't do that. You won't do that. Well, it's in writing. So yeah, we agreed on it. And I just consider that a big fat waste of my time. But I'm also not a crazy person. I know that sometimes shit comes up. Life happens. So if someone didn't suck 10 dicks for me this week because they got COVID, I'm not going to out them to their friends and family for per our blackmail contract just because they were unable to complete a task. When someone ghosts me, there's usually repercussions for that that are already spelled out in writing and that they've already given me the ammunition I need. A lot of those guys end up on loser hall of shame or being exposed or whatever, but there is a line of guys around the block begging to serve me. So when someone disappoints me, I kind of don't think twice about them. Just like, oh, yep, that was the expected result of another man. So I just move on to the next slave and wait to see how they can impress me. Because really, when it comes to long-term slaves, I'm always looking to see how they can impress me and show me that they know that interacting with me at all, getting any of my time, is a privilege. Coming back around to this idea of blackmail fetish and information control, which are the same thing, is that men kind of need women in their lives who hate their guts. They need these archetype type women who are able to take control of their lives because ultimately men are not in control of their own lives. Left to their own devices, they drink too much, they eat too much, they get fat. They only make bad choices, bad relationship choices, bad financial choices. And even people that don't understand FinDom need to understand that part of financial domination is helping these guys make better financial choices. Yes, they might spend $1,000 a month on me, but they're not spending $1,000 a month on booze and strip clubs and anything else that I think is stupid and bad for them. I've asked actually forced some of my subs into positions where they have payment plans to pay off long-term debt, like credit card debt, also that they can pay me more money and in that format be in a better financial situation than they were before. And we've all seen men make these bad decisions. We've seen celebrities ruin their marriages because they just couldn't not go to the strip club. We've seen billionaires spend 
spend their fortunes and die destitute. And so this is why men need women who hate their guts. Men need women who recognize all the weaknesses that men are vulnerable to and control for those weaknesses. And if that improves the life of a woman, then really that's a symbiotic situation where the woman gets what she wants, which is making sure this man doesn't fuck shit up, and the man gets what he wants, which is to be controlled and have a better life because of it. Submission usually occurs in people that know that they need someone to pull the strings and make the choices and decisions that they're not capable of making. In total power exchange relationships, it's where the submissive has acknowledged that the other person is better fit to run their life than they are. And this all ties into the idea of giving somebody the information they need to control your life. If you know that I could go on your Facebook and post a picture of you in sissy clothes, wearing panties, and doing something nasty, you're going to be a lot more motivated to go to the gym or do what I tell you to do. Sometimes it's clean your fucking house. Sometimes I see these guys' houses and they're so disgusting and dirty that I'm like, stop, clean your fucking floor. But hopefully you're not one of those guys with a real disgusting house. And if you are, as soon as you're done listening to my podcast, start fucking cleaning. Actually, you can clean and listen to my podcast. Maybe that would be a good commitment mechanism for you slobs out there. You're only allowed to listen to my podcast while you're cleaning your goddamn house. (laughs) But that brings me to the end of what I have to say about blackmail fetish. And I'd like to hear more from you. So go to my website, mistressharley.com forward slash sex podcast and click the message button so you can send me a message and maybe I'll answer your question or your message will appear on my next podcast. Remember, you can always find me on Twitter at TechDom, on YouTube at Mistress Harley, Spotify, Mistress Harley, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. All my books, DVDs, and t-shirts are available on Amazon.com. And you can always find more of me just by Googling Mistress Harley. There's a knowledge panel about me. I'm kind of famous. You can also listen to a new interview that I just did in Vice about a girl on OnlyFans who is using filters to make herself look hotter or younger or both. But it's an interesting story about censorship, outrage culture, and beauty filters. So find that story on Vice by Googling Mistress Harley.